If you're looking for a way to help birds or take your support to the next level, this May, I would love for you to join the Birds Canada Birdathon. It's easy to participate in and helps raise thousands of dollars for bird conservation. Learn more at birdscanada.org slash birdathon. Now let's get to the episode. You're listening to The Warblers, a Birds Canada podcast. I'm Andrea Gress. And I am Andres Jimenez. Join us as we travel on common flight paths with our guests gaining insights and inspiration from the world of birds and bird conservation in Canada. This is part two of our year-end special. In our last episode, we learned about the impact that coffee farms can have on the migratory bird species that we all know and love. We also spoke a bit about bird-friendly coffee, but what does that mean? Today, Kirsten Hill from the Smithsonian Migratory Bird Center tells us all about it. We're happy that you're joining us for this second part of this bird-friendly coffee series. If you haven't listened to the first episode, be sure to go check that out. All cozy with a nice cup of delicious bird-friendly coffee. We're going to be talking exactly about that. The case for us buying bird-friendly coffee and making a coffee revolution so we can drink what we love and support the birds we love when they are down south during the winter. So chatting with Anna earlier, she made it very clear that bird-friendly coffee plantations can make a big difference for the migratory bird species that we all love. But we wanted to dig into that idea a little bit more. You know, what exactly is bird-friendly coffee? So we are going to be chatting with Kirsten Hill. She's from the Smithsonian Migratory Bird Center. Kirsten, welcome. So great to be here. Thank you for having me. So you're based out of Vancouver. Uh, and could you tell us what exactly your role is with the Smithsonian Migratory Bird Center? Yeah, of course. Uh, so for the past year or so, I have been working on a project within the zoo and aquarium community uh, to really work to increase the sale and support of bird-friendly coffee within that network. So uh, it's been a really exciting project and it's kind of evolved uh, into a new role for me. So in the next uh, little stretch here will be the incoming program manager for uh, Smithsonian Bird-Friendly Coffee. So sort of stepping into a new role uh, with the Migratory Bird Center. A new and very exciting role, I'm sure. Absolutely. (laughs) So when I'm in the grocery store, I look at my coffee selection and I see, you know, there's shade grown, there's fair trade, there's ethically sourced. Like there's so many different certifications like that bouncing around, right? Um, But I don't really know what most of those mean or what they actually entail. And and here the Smithsonian's got one, um, Bird Friendly Coffee. Could you tell us about that? How does it work? What does it mean? We know that the certification market is a pretty flooded one, and it's really tough to keep track of sort of what everything means and, uh, you know, who's doing what and at what level and in what capacity. So we think of Smithsonian Bird Friendly Certified Coffee as the gold standard in biodiversity friendly coffee. Before Kirsten continues, why should you care about the Smithsonian? Well, if you've heard of it before, you might be picturing just a big museum. But actually, the Smithsonian is is the largest museum, education, and research complex in the world. And big emphasis on research, that's a lot of what they do. But ultimately, they're working to inspire and engage people to make greater impacts, especially when it comes to conservation issues worldwide. We feel pretty passionately about that goal here at Birds Canada. 
When you look at all the certifications that are out there, many of them do many different things. Ours is the one that pays the closest attention to biodiversity protection that's happening on coffee farms. Uh, so the Smithsonian Bird Friendly Certification began in 1996 in response to a decline in migratory songbird populations. And that was mostly associated with, uh, with habitat loss. Coffee farms were identified by Smithsonian ornithologists as a really important overwintering grounds for these bird populations. So it was identified that, hey, if we can protect bird habitat on coffee farms, then we can really be doing something good and important for the protection of migratory songbirds long term. So bird-friendly coffee uh, comes from certified farms. That's effectively kind of what we, what we can drill it down to. Uh, and these certified farms protect habitats for birds and other wildlife. So simply put, instead of clearing rainforest, bird-friendly coffee grows under the shade of native trees. So you may have heard the term shade grown before. It's kind of a, a, a bit of a generic term. It doesn't necessarily have a set definition. What the bird-friendly certification does, it brings a set of criteria to that term shade grown and really works to maintain very strict environmental criteria proven to support wildlife uh, and to be, uh, you know, to maintain that biodiversity-friendly coffee standard. Ours is actually the only certification that is 100% pure. So what that means is every bee in a bag of bird-friendly coffee is grown in a way that protects habitat for wildlife. Uh, so we like to say that it, it sort of flies above the rest by ensuring a combination of things like canopy cover and tree diversity, which are proven to provide really high-quality habitat for birds and other wildlife that are living on coffee farms. Uh, so when we look at the bird-friendly certification, uh, we're actually certified at three different levels within the supply chain. So coffee is certified at that farm level. So farms have to meet a certain uh, set of criteria, uh, which I'm happy to talk a little bit uh, more about. Uh, so the coffee kind of gets certified at that farm level, as well as uh, by importers and then at the roaster level as well. And so how that arrives to us at the grocery store is, you know, you can, uh, you can tell you're drinking bird-friendly certified coffee by looking looking for that bird-friendly logo. You know, whenever you're at the grocery store, uh, you know, that's what lets you know that the coffee that you're buying is grown in a way that protects habitat for birds and other wildlife. Wow, the traceability on audit to guarantee each bean in a bag is from a bird-friendly certified producer must be quite challenging. And it makes me wonder two things. First of all, what are the implications of each of your certifications? If I understand it correctly, is habitat and it being organic? But also, um, I wanted to ask you, what does a producer need to do in order to become certified with the Smithsonian? Yeah, so Smithsonian ornithologists came up with this set of criteria that would result in healthy and viable habitat for migratory and resident birds on, on coffee farms. And, and you touched on one of those criteria there. So 100% of bird-friendly coffee is certified as organic. So that is one of our main criteria that we do set. So in addition to that, the other criteria that we look for are things like canopy height. So uh, trees within a bird-friendly farm uh, must have a canopy height of at least 12 meters. 
We also look for canopy density. So how much shade is actually provided by those trees? And at that, we want to look for at least 40%. We also look for a minimum of 10 tree species. So uh, having that diversity of trees within the coffee farm and a minimum of three canopy layers. Uh, so making sure that it's not just sort of that one layer that's provided, but three different layers within the coffee farm. Uh, and so those criteria are sort of some of the main things that we look for when we certify a farm as bird friendly. And they're the strictest that are out there on the market. So while there's other certifications that are out there, so like organic works primarily, uh, you know, to look at pesticide use and uh, and if that's something that is or is not being used. Uh, so with organic, of course, there's no pesticides that are being used. So all of our, our farms are, are certified organic, but uh, but it goes beyond that too, to really look and at the shade structure and the, the quality of habitat that's provided on bird-friendly certified farms. So it makes sense that it's organic because if you're keeping the trees for the birds to find food, you also need to avoid the pesticides so you don't kill the insects that the birds are going to eat. Absolutely. Right. Okay. With that said, Kirsten, what does a farmer need to do in order to be able to join the certification? Because as I understand it from my experience with farmers in Costa Rica, certifying your farm as organic or as bird-friendly coffee can be very complicated, very challenging, and sometimes impossible. So what would they have to do in order to get your certification? For farms that are interested, usually that first step is if you are organic certified. So uh, we know that that can be, uh, you know, a big, you know, a big undertaking for farms to become certified as organic. So that's something that uh, is a good place to start. So if you're certified organic, and if you're looking at your coffee farm, and you're saying, this is uh, an area that I feel is providing good, healthy habitat for birds, you can look at some of those criteria that we look for. And if you think that you're uh, you're quite close or you're definitely uh, confident that you're meeting those criteria, really the next step is to get in touch with bird-friendly inspectors. So we have uh, inspectors and auditors who come out to visit farms and they go through that certification criteria at each farm and uh, check to make sure that it's uh, either meeting or exceeding the things that are set forth in order to meet that bird-friendly certified standard. Uh, so that's sort of the, uh, the step for farmers is, uh, you know, once you're organic, that's a great place to start. Uh, and then from there, it's sort of uh, getting in touch with that certifier and making sure that you're meeting all of those criteria. And then from there, you would receive a, a designation, a certification that would be good for three years as bird-friendly certified farm. That sounds like a, a pretty good process. So the inspectors will guide farmers on what they need to do next. How do you think the bird-friendly certification impacts the farmers once they've got it? By growing coffee under bird-friendly standards, uh, farmers can benefit in a number of different ways. So uh, by having multiple different trees and tree species that are on their farms, uh, sometimes farmers can supplement their income through secondary sources. So uh, through things like fruit from fruit trees, uh, from timber products, or for ecotourism. Farmers also benefit by receiving access to better specialty market prices. Uh, so as they produce these certified beans, they're both organic uh, and shade-grown certified as bird-friendly, they can uh, kind of have access to that uh, additional pricing within the market as well. So that's pretty awesome. Um, they can have a nice diverse habitat, maybe get some extra cash influx there, and then just better quality beans overall. And it sounds like these farms have the potential to be 
pretty awesome, like kind of like an oasis for migratory birds. Is that true? Absolutely. The farms themselves, when you look at a bird-friendly coffee farm, it almost looks exactly like a forest would. So it's kind of hard to see where the coffee is grown unless you know exactly what you're looking for. So the farms themselves, uh, bird-friendly certified farms, they provide really important overwintering habitat for birds. What that means is, you know, those farms, they're providing things like food sources. They're providing shelter for birds that have completed their migration journey and allow them, you know, that time and that space and, and all of that food to sort of bulk up as they get ready for their migration back uh, once we get closer to uh, to the spring. I've heard of the coffee paradox and we've never drank more coffee. In fact, a Canadian can drink on average 2.7 cups a day, making it a thousand cups a year. And in this paradox, um, farmers are earning a lot less, even though we're drinking and buying a lot more. And coffee roasters, to the contrary, are earning more because they are the ones that are given the added value. Uh, the specialty coffees or the specialty blends. Is there a benefit of a bird-friendly certification to the farmers when it comes to balancing this inequality? Many of our bird-friendly coffees are certified as fair trade as well. So when uh, folks start talking about, you know, the coffee marketplace, often fair trade is, is what's mentioned as sort of guaranteeing that price uh, for farmers so that they're receiving that return on their investment. And what the bird-friendly certification additionally offers is that uh, bird-friendly coffee is, is labeled as a specialty coffee. So it, it hits that, that coffee cupping score of at least 80%. So within that, that specialty coffee market, and for those coffees, uh, bird-friendly farmers have, uh, and we've anecdotally found that bird-friendly farmers can get three to 10 cents more per pound of certified bird-friendly coffee as they're selling their coffee. Uh, than they would for comparable non-certified options. So as someone that comes from a coffee producing country, I've seen the families and the people that work and coffee is so labor intense. So many people depend on coffee to go gather the beans and process them. And I would like for all of our listeners to have this in mind. Every time you drink coffee and you make sure your coffee comes from a fair trade provider, it's a really big impact on people's life. In the world, there's at least 25 million families on 60 different countries, depending on the production of coffee for their livelihoods. And so this is a very critical part of drinking the right coffee. I, I actually wanted to ask, because we're kind of on the topic of farmers, um, what happens if there isn't enough demand for the bird-friendly coffee beans? That is a very real problem for our certifications. If consumers and coffee roasters, so folks at the end of that supply chain, if they're not asking for or purchasing or demanding bird-friendly certified coffees, then we are at risk of losing these bird-friendly farms and along with it, the important bird habitat that exists upon them. One of the things uh, that we're really aiming to do is to increase the demand and the call for bird-friendly coffee from coffee roasters, from coffee drinkers, saying, hey, this is something that's really important to us and it's something that we want to support. Uh, and so we want to, you know, we want to tell those farmers through our purchases of coffee and, and which coffee we're buying that we support the work that you're doing to protect bird habitat on your farm. This is a key part for this conversation. And I think we really need to emphasize this. To become bird-friendly certified requires so much effort and investment on the side of a farmer. And they are literally stewarding gigantic farms or sometimes small farms, but cover in forests that feed the birds that we love. And 
within this panorama, if there is not enough demand, which, as I take it, is a real issue right now, we're not consuming all the coffee, the bird-friendly coffee that is produced, if there is not enough demand, then these people won't see the benefits of that investment, and hence they could just make the decision of go for higher yields and cut some of the forest to plant more, more plants. Yeah, that's a, a very real possibility. Unfortunately, sun-grown coffee farms, they do tend to produce a higher yield. So you do get more beans per hectare if you are just growing coffee in the sun. And so that's something that could be attractive to farmers if they're not seeing that return on their investments. Now, we do have many farmers within our program who are really dedicated to protecting you know, the habitat that exists within their coffee farms. And and we want to make sure that they're getting rewarded for that. And that you know we as, as the, the market, as the public are saying, hey, yeah, this is important to us too. And, and we want to buy your coffee as bird friendly certified, because that's an important part of our, uh, you know, our coffee drinking habits and our identities as, you know, conscious consumers and, and people who care about the environment. And Kirsten, this is so important because sometimes when we talk about deforestation in South America, we imagine the mean farmers trying to cut down all the forests and burn it. And it could very well be people that love the forest around them. And sometimes they have to make very tough decisions when it comes to the livelihood of their families. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, that often does get lost in the bigger scheme of things is, you know, this is, you know, these are people that we're talking about it at the end of the day. And, and none of these decisions are easy ones for folks to make. So we want to make sure that, you know, what we're doing what we can within our, you know, our daily purchases. And, and I know for me, at least coffee is a very regular purchase that I make. Uh, you know, I kind of need it to rely on it to, uh, to kind of get through my work weeks and my early morning meetings and everything like that. And so if that's a little decision that I know that I can make by, you know, choosing bird friendly and support the farmers who are, you know, being such great stewards to the environment. Uh, that's something that I know, you know, I want to be, uh, I want to be supporting. The majority of farms uh, are grown in that sun-grown uh, sort of monoculture fashion. So about three quarters of coffee farms globally uh, leave no space for birds or other wildlife. So they've already, you know, been deforested or, uh, you know, there's, uh, they're really kind of converted into that sun-grown uh, model. So it's really only about a quarter that are left grown in the shade and at varying degrees and levels of shade. And so it's really important that we work to protect those farms that are remaining uh, and protect the habitat that exists within them. Yay. Yeah. It's such a big, uh, it's like a vicious feedback loop, right? But basically, if we all get on board and start supporting bird-friendly coffee, that can really positively impact the farmers. They can make more money from it. And then we can get some better habitat for the birds as well, which of course is why we're all here. I've got a bombshell for you, Kirsten. <laughs> there was a paper published recently, and I think we can toss the link into the episode description for folks. But the paper stated very clearly that the majority of birders were either not aware that bird-friendly coffee existed or they didn't bother to regularly purchase it. What do you think of that? I understand it. I understand where folks are coming from. Uh, that's the first thing that I, I guess I can say here is, you know, the bird-friendly certification has been a relatively niche certification since its inception in the mid-90s. And the study that you mentioned actually corroborates part of the work that I did through uh, through my work within the zoo and aquarium community, where uh, similarly, folks who were supporters of wildlife conservation, uh, you know, in a larger scale, so beyond just birders, they also didn't know about bird-friendly or had maybe heard 
heard of it, but weren't quite sure what it meant. They weren't necessarily looking for it when they were going out and shopping for coffee. So for me, and and sort of as I'm, you know, uh, joining the the Migratory Bird Center in this new role as as program manager, that to me is it's an exciting problem to take on. That's a solvable problem because the exciting thing that comes out of that study, uh, along with the uh, the work that I've done as well, is folks once they know about bird friendly, they're interested. They want to look for it. They want to support it. They're actually willing to pay more for it. So up to a dollar more per cup and over $2 more per pound or per container of coffee. They want to be supporting the bird-friendly certification. The problem is they just don't know about it and they don't know where to find it and they don't quite exactly know what it means. That's an exciting challenge for our program and something that I'm definitely looking forward to to kind of taking on as I step into uh, into this new role here to figure out how do we grow awareness? How do we eliminate some of the confusion around what bird-friendly means? And then also, how do we make bird-friendly more accessible? Your coffee purchase shouldn't be something that you have to bend over backwards to do. We want bird-friendly to be out there, easy for folks to buy, and we're, we're taking some really good steps now within the program to make that possible. Possible, like having a space on our website where you can actually order your coffee online, have it delivered right to your doorstep. That's awesome. Like, I agree with you. Like, you're stepping into a new position where you've got genuinely a really exciting problem. And I think you can make a huge difference. And I'm excited. I'm equally excited to be part of this episode and, and help you get the word out. We'll be right back. How do you like your coffee, Andrea? Cream? Sure. I like mine bird-friendly, certified. Then I have just the brew for you. Birds and Beans Coffee Roasters only use beans from farmers who keep the native forest habitat intact, growing coffee in the shade of a variety of native trees. That's good for migratory birds. Good for everyone. This coffee is even certified by the Smithsonian Migratory Bird Center. It protects biodiversity, supports sustainable farming, and it's fur trade and organic too. Ah, not to mention delicious. Deliciously bird friendly. If any of our listeners also like their coffee bird friendly certified, here's how to get it. Order online at birdsandbeans.ca slash warblers. Make sure to use the slash warblers because that means birds and beans will also donate 10% of the purchase price to support this podcast. You can also use the link on your podcast player. Sounds great. Andreas, how about another cup? Let's do it. What can our listeners do to help get the word out? Besides sharing this episode with every coffee lover you know. (laughs) There's a few different things that folks can do. First of all, if you're already drinking bird-friendly coffee, thank you. You're doing great. We're so glad to have you on board and, you know, supporting the the bird-friendly certification. If you look around and you don't see bird-friendly at your local grocery store or your favorite coffee company is, you know, saying that they're doing good things for the environment, which so many of them are, but they're not quite bird-friendly certified just yet, you can reach out to them and say, hey, it would be really important to me as a supporter and a consumer of your coffee that you offered a bird-friendly certified variety. If you are in touch with a coffee company that you love uh, and and want to see them become bird-friendly, you can uh, direct them to our drinkbirdfriendly.com website where they can learn more about joining the program. If you're part of a a birding group or another organization, uh, you can even make this a collective ask, which uh, oftentimes does hold more power than sort of uh, some of the individual requests. Uh, You get a little bit more clout if you're coming from uh, from an organized group uh, sometimes. Lots of different ways for folks who are interested in supporting bird conservation through their daily coffee habits uh, to really be supporting the bird-friendly program. 
Hey, that's brilliant. Uh, so many local bird clubs from cities across Canada and North America can be getting together and sending a, a letter to their local coffee roaster to, to get them some, some bird-friendly coffee. So you better start typing, friends. Um, <laughs> we can get this going. I get that many bird lovers are making their orders as we speak, but there are many people that are mostly worried about price and taste. And one of the things that worries me when we frame certifications in in the sustainability perspective is that they all depend or many of them depend on added value, paying more for the coffee. And so what would you say to invite me if I'm worried about taste and price? What would you say to me to invite me to buy bird-friendly coffee? Why should this matter to me? Yeah, for sure. So if you care about how your coffee tastes, there's a very good chance that you're already drinking what we call specialty coffee. So these are coffees uh, that receive a grade of 80 points or more on a 100 point scale. And that means, you know, they've been certified as being, uh, you know, really high quality coffees. Uh, and bird-friendly coffee is considered a specialty coffee. Uh, so within that, uh, you know, if you're looking for coffee that tastes really good, uh, that meets your criteria for that, you're not sort of drinking a, you know, gas station coffee or anything like that then Bird Friendly is going to be right up your alley. We have a number of different origins. Uh, you know, we're in a number of different countries now. So uh, kind of regardless of, of what roast you like, uh, you know, what origin you like, there's very likely a Bird Friendly coffee that's on the market that's going to uh, kind of meet your, your needs and what you're looking for in a coffee that really, really tastes great. And when we think about uh, pricing as well, so Bird Friendly certified coffees tend to fall within that same price bracket as other specialty coffees that aren't certified. So, uh, you know, something for everyone in there. And then uh, one other factor I'll kind of like throw into the mix there is uh, coffee experts also say that coffee grown in the shade tends to taste better. So the beans ripen slower as they're grown under the shade, and that results in a richer, more complex flavor. So uh, already kind of setting ourselves up for success there by, uh, by having a shade grown variety. That's one that uh, I think coffee connoisseurs will certainly enjoy. Gosh, I wish we weren't recording this in like mid to late afternoon my time because I could like, after all this coffee talk, I just want to brew up a cup, right? I will brew it up. A Costa Rica knows no barriers for drinking coffee <laughs> no at barriers. 5 p.m., Andrea. <laughs> You're a maniac. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kirsten. I feel like I've learned so much about this certification. I'm just keen to support it even further. I'm so glad we got a chance to connect and really glad to have the chance to speak with you both today. And for folks who are interested, visit our website, drinkbirdfriendly.com is the best way to connect with us. On there, there's opportunities to look for where to buy bird friendly locally, wherever it is that you're living. Also opportunities to buy online and get more connected and informed on the program as well. And we have some exciting new resources resources that are going to be launching on our website in the near future too. So lots of opportunities to learn more about Bird Friendly coming your way. That's great. And we will pop a link into the episode description as well so people can find that nice and easily. We'll be right back. The Warblers is a podcast of Birds Canada. Our goal is to bring you the information you need to discover, enjoy, and protect birds. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast with everyone you know. Birds Canada relies on the support of donors like you. To learn more or to make a donation, visit birdscanada.org. And if you give, please note the podcast in the comment box. 
Before we wrap up, do you have a final message for us? I would just love to say, I think we have the opportunity here to make a really sizable impact. So as we talked about earlier, Canadians drink almost three cups a day uh, of coffee. And if just a fraction of folks make that switch to bird-friendly certified coffee, we can have an enormous, enormous impact on uh, protecting bird habitat on coffee farms. So when you think about coffee, it's something that you know so many of us drink each and every day. Uh, and you could be looking out your window, you know, enjoying your cup of coffee on a weekend and, you know, maybe admiring your bird feeder in your backyard, looking out at a park, and you might see a bird fly by and that bird might also be utilizing the same habitat that your coffee came from. So so many of the birds that we see in Canada are spending time not just here in our beautiful country, but also they're migrating down and using that overwintering habitat on coffee farms. It's so exciting to sort of have that action where, you know, you can be drinking your coffee, look out the window, see a bird, and that bird might be affected. That individual bird might be affected by the coffee that you choose and the habitat that's protected, you know, by your choice to drink bird-friendly certified coffees. You know, it's a conservation action that's really tangible, it's really visible, and it's something that really does make a difference. And so the opportunity for us to sort of have that cumulative impact as, you know, the bird conservation community, the birding community, the uh, the environmentalist community, however you'd like to frame it, uh, you know, the opportunity there for that impact is just fantastic and phenomenal. And I'm so glad to be a part of it. The Warblers is produced by Andres Jimenez, Jody Allaire, Andrea Grez, Ruth, Friendship Keller, and Kate Dolbleach. This episode was edited by Greg McLaughlin and engineered by Katie Jean, with the music by Jose Mora and art by Alex Nico. Until next time, keep burning. <laughs>